You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Tech One Designs, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Transcanda Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Big MX Radio Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, W Wheels, and X Brand Goggles. I am your host, as usual, Brad Gebhardt, but with me on the line, we've got Shane Doyle from 7-Eleven Films. Shane, how's it going, brother? Pretty good, man. Just out here in Texas trying to get through this little crappy winter section we have going on here, and then uh, hopefully get some vibe then pretty soon. Uh, I'm experiencing a little bit different version of winter than you, my friend, but I totally do <laughs> sympathize with uh, the, the wanting to get back out there and, and experience the uh, the wonder that is motocross. Uh, introduce yourself to the fans if you can. Uh, tell a little bit about yourself and um, and why you wanted to be uh, a candidate to uh, break down the Daytona Supercross with the Big MX Radio Show. Well, uh, I'm Shane Doyle. Uh I do Seven Eleven Films. Been doing it for a little while now with a couple of my friends out here. They kind of got me into doing some videos while I was hurt off the bike for a little while. So pretty much, I, I got a camera and went out there with my friend uh, Cheyenne Harmon, local pro, and uh, we just went out there and started making videos and kind of trying to get that going. And uh, in the meantime, just been listening to podcasts and stuff and figured I'd uh, help you breaking down this one. Fair enough. And uh, where did the two of us meet? Uh, Anaheim too, actually. Flew over there from Texas and uh, was hanging out with uh, Teddy Parks and all those guys from the Privateer Journey. And uh, that's how I met you. You were going on, actually, I think you were going on track walk and Adam was late. Surprise, uh, had a call. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> Addy was late, as he usually is. Uh, yeah, and you had your, quite an impressive camera along with you. And uh, actually, we didn't get a chance to talk too much at the race, but uh, I flew in from Winnipeg, you flew in from Texas in the line there in uh, Anaheim to uh, quite the race it was. It, uh, got, I got to do track walk thanks to the Privateer Journey and Ted Parks. And uh, yeah, so uh, how, how do you know uh, how do you know Ted? And, and of course, I'm, I'm sure you got to be good friends with uh, with Teddy. Well, uh, Teddy, he's just he's from this area. He's one of the local pros. Uh, he's pretty well known around here. Uh, I just met him at a race a while back, and uh, we started hanging out. And uh, went out to his house to film him and Justin Fives actually a couple times. And uh, unfortunately, Fives got hurt after uh, Phoenix, and you know, just been kind of hanging out with them guys ever since. And Adam's a good dude, and shows no, and uh, and Ted just kind of keeps it all together. <laughs> Ted does keep it all together. That guy is 100% serious almost all the time. Uh, that guy is he's, he's, uh, he's doing God's work out down there, uh, giving the pros somewhere to uh, pit underneath. He gets them uh, parts, accessories, graphics, um, like and, and all, all the while, sponsors. Oh, all everything. the while, I'm running a construction business on the side as well. No so kidding, he's running, yeah. He's, he's got two jobs. He's got many hats, and all of which are cowboy. Um <laughs> 
But uh, let's let's jump right into this thing. Daytona Supercross uh, by Honda has just passed, and uh, it was quite the night of racing. Uh, first of all, uh, let's break down those 250 top 10 or top five riders, uh, starting with the guy who uh, deserves the most amount of attention. Uh, Marvin the Martian uh, took took the uh, took the lead. Early on in the moto, was not challenged. He ripped away. Uh, he's the class of the field. Uh, in my opinion, I think that uh, it's a little bit of a case of his injury kind of playing into a factor. If he had had a whole race la- or whole season last year, uh, he most likely would have been able to capture last year's championship. Uh, I don't think anyone would argue that he was a, a, a cut above uh, Justin Bogle last year. Yeah. Uh, and then he would have taken that success and the fact that he was... Uh, he had a, a certain number of years with points in the 250 class. He would be a 450 rider right now. So because of that, he's down and he's dominant. And uh, no, yeah. no, that doesn't uh, like not a uh, bash on him at all. That's just how the point system works. And of course, KTM uh, and all of his sponsors are more than happy to keep him down in the 250 class for that one year to uh, to just enjoy some success, build, get better, and do exactly what he's doing is dominate. So uh, what do you have to say about uh, Muscan? You know, Marvin's always been a great outdoor rider. You know, he came from the GPs overseas, and uh, obviously did ton of Supercross. is one of the more outdoor-style tracks of the Supercross series, and uh, that I think it, it's in his favor, you know. Bogle's obviously very fast still, and so is Jeremy Martin. But uh, Muscan just had the upper hand, and he's been... Basically riding like Ryan Dungey, just you know, getting out front early and uh, checking out where none of those guys can catch him. And uh, he just he rode a flawless race, and that's pretty much all there is about that. Hundred percent. No, Marvin uh, is is in my opinion just he's the class of the field. He should be a four fifty rider right now. Yeah, and for it's sure. just it's it's a situation where uh, I'm sure he's manhandling bike. He's stronger than those athletes. Uh, you can tell his fitness is is uh, not only does he have Alden Baker as one of the best trainers in the world, but he's also of age to take most advantage of that. Uh, he's he's of the age where he's fully developed. He can maximize his potential physically. And uh, he's not fading during these motos, and uh, we'll get into to that once we get into our third spot. Uh, which, but uh, but first, gotta talk about the uh, 2014 champ, the guy who throws down all the rhymes. That's Justin Bogle, and uh, guy came up uh, a little bit short. Hasn't gotten a victory yet this year, but he was fast. Yeah, uh, last year Bogle. A lot of people say you know Bogle got handed handed the championship or whatever because of Cinturillo and. Uh, and the injuries that he sustained and everything. And, you know, I, I don't think that's true. I think Bogle's a, a really good rider, and he he knows how to ride Supercross really good. But it's just he, he didn't really have anything from Muscan. You know, Muscan's on like a whole other level right now. And uh, Bogle seems like he doesn't almost have the fitness to keep up with him. And that might be another thing with the, the Alden Baker deal. You know, Alden's got a pretty good plan going on with those guys, and they seem to be, be able to run out front the whole entire race with no problem. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, Justin Bogle, a uh, very skilled rider. Uh, his bag of tricks is deep and full. Uh, in my humble opinion, I would say that Justin Bogle, uh, coming off of an injury, he, like, I wouldn't say completely, he re injured or re aggravated. I think he did re aggravate. Yeah reaggravate that back injury that he had going into last year that puts him behind the eight ball right away and um and he's also battling confidence and not his own confidence because i fully believe that he's fully confident in himself but he's also yeah. has two adversaries that are uh, supremely confident in themselves they have 
Marvin Muskan, who, uh, for all intents and purposes, understands that he should be the number one guy every single weekend, and anything less is unacceptable, shouldn't happen. And then you have uh, Martin, who he just came off an outdoor championship in which he was extremely dominant, and he's got something to prove, and he knows he's been fast so far this year, and he happens to be working with a guy uh, that uh, his last his name reminds uh, rhymes with uh, Schmicky Schmarmichael. And soup like he's down there at the at the the ranch. He's he's getting the fitness in that way. He's super yeah. confident. So that's really what uh, I think Vogel is fighting against the most is that those guys know they can win. So when you have two dudes who ha- already have it set in their mind that they should be faster than you, you know yourself on the track. When there's someone in front of you that you know you can pass, you will pass them. Uh, and I'm in his in his heart of hearts. I'm not sure if Justin Vogel knows that right now. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be down in the dumps after you're getting beat uh, week in and week out, you know. I'm sure he's training super hard during the week and trying to put his head down and figure out what he can do to do better than that guy, you know. Uh, I'm not sure who Bogle's training with out there, but uh, I, I mean, obviously whatever he's doing is working for him. He just needs to kind of step it up and get that next spot. But uh, it's going to take a really good start and just hold new skin off for a solid 15 laps. All right, now let's talk about the number six. Martin. Not Alex, but... Why do I always forget his fucking last, his first name? Jeremy. Jeremy, wow. I always forget his first <laughs> name. Jeremy Martin, the number six out there. Uh, and I shouldn't forget him because he did came all the way up here uh, to Canada. Uh, about this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, Canada? To Canada? He, yeah, came up to Canada. He might have been dating a girl that was up here, uh, that lived up here. Uh, we don't speak her name. Um, uh, it's bad luck. Um, but uh, last year, he came up here. He was at uh, Sky Zone uh, um, trampoline place uh, here, having some fun. Didn't end up helping him out at all last year. He ended up having a pretty dismal season. Finished off with a win, but uh, the guy's uh, been able to uh, put put it together pretty well so far this year. He's shown a lot of speed, and as I was discussing with one of my friends via text uh, during the race, um, he's he's super fast. He's super aggressive. He's got skills for days, um, but I called it. I said, round lap 10, you watch that aggression catch up to him. And he at this point, I'm not sure if he he's of age to have the fitness to go 15 laps yeah. that hard. Marvin, on the other hand, he may be a little bit touchback on aggression, but he's super calculated, and he's got that fitness, uh, that combination, and Martin needs to have a start to be able to beat him. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like, I don't know, it seems to me like later in the race, Martin starts to fade out. He starts to make little mistakes that are costing him time, because he, he was catching up to Bogle for a little bit there, and they started to fall off again, and I think that's just, like you said, maybe the fitness or or just him making little mistakes that are causing him to to not be able to catch Bogle or Marvin in that case. Yeah, I don't know sure what it was, but right around lap 10, he hit a bit of a wall. I think uh, the the difference between uh, him to Bogle was about five, six seconds, and on within a yeah. few laps, it was it was seven or eight, nine seconds. So uh, I guess he maybe had conceded the night a little bit, as well as kind of settled into third place. I know he had quite the gap over Savachi. Um, but uh, in my opinion, a little bit, like if... if he wasn't f- that far back off the start that he wouldn't be able to pull through if he had that extra added 
calculated fitness and uh, he wasn't able to do that. So uh, like I, I can only imagine or I can only assume that uh, fitness is a bit of an issue for him and I think that predominantly comes down to age honestly. Uh, yeah. Both Bogle and Martin are a little bit older than him and you're a full fledged man. You're, you, you, can, you can take whatever program that you're working off of and get the most out of it because you're fully developed at yeah. Martin is what's 19 years old yeah he's, old? he's pretty young I think he's, he's pretty he's young. 19 or 20 yeah 19 or 20 and your body's still developing your body's still growing like he's probably done growing height wise because he's a Martin but like <laughs> physically you don't fill out and you, you don't have that quite that that endurance like even you can have the best vo2 max in the world but you you still won't be able to uh, have that sustainability yeah. Um same thing went for uh, Joey Savacci. Joey Savacci, a guy who ended up in fourth place this last weekend, who, uh, in, in, for all accounts, he's on a great team, unbelievable bike. He's super fast. What, what the thing that he, he lacks the most is the fitness aspect. He doesn't yeah. have that ability to lay down that blazing fast lap time after time after time yeah. after time. Those guys start to make mistakes. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Sylvester has a, has a two-year deal with Pro Circuit, and that's good because he came from a, a satellite KTM team, and, and he had he had decent results. And I think uh, him being on this Pro Circuit bike on the Pro Circuit team, surrounded by Mitch and Bones and all those guys on that team, I think it'll help him uh, in, in the coming year to, to really, uh, like next year, I'm looking for him to get a win because he really has what it takes. And hopefully this offseason, you know, he's going to get some training in. Uh, hopefully he'll do good in outdoors, and you know, hopefully that'll boost his confidence for Supercross next year. Because I, I feel like he really could win. He's a he's a really good dude. He's a fast guy. So uh, you know, hopefully towards the end of this year, maybe he'll step it up a little more. One hundred percent. And uh, I don't know if if this is uh, like uh, something to to really build off of, but um, Pro Circuit has always had a captain, if you will. The, the yeah. fastest guy on the team is is like kind of like the leader of the group, kind of sets the tone for how we're going to train, how we're going to race, how we're going to approach race day. Because all the other guys, they're, they're all seeing how, like he's got that particular rider is always the apple of Mitch Payton's eye. And yeah. those other guys are trying to kind of measure up. And yeah. with Adam Cincerolo not at the races, he's not able to compete and he's not able to train with these guys. I think they're just off by a by a little bit of a step. They're kind of missing that championship proven contender that uh, is going to kind of bring out the best in them. If that if yeah. you know what I mean. So um, and when that's not there, the pressure that Mitch Payton puts on you is ever so heavy. So um, obviously this weekend we didn't have Tonus because he's dealing with some blood sugar issues. Yeah. And uh, Savachi, uh, he's like all the main focus for Mitch. So uh, that's got to be a, a pressure cooker situation. And uh, hopefully uh, over over the next year, he'll be able to uh, right the ship. Yeah, uh, I think that guy right now is obviously Tyler Bowers. Cause, uh, he obviously his success on the West Coast is uh, yeah. kind of helping pro circuit through the center the last couple of years. Mitch hasn't had too good of luck. Uh, it's been pretty much a Geico Honda Red Bull KTM train running through there. But, uh, you know, this year he did pretty good with Bowers. And uh, I think on the East Coast he was kind of looking at, you know, just podiums more than anything, top fives, top tens, because both those guys haven't ridden Supercross uh, in a while. Sebastian hadn't ridden it in, uh, I think, a year or two. And then Conus obviously had never ridden it because he's from GPs. So uh, I think he was just kind of looking for a good start for those guys and build off of it next year. 
Right on. So that's the top four, and rounding out the top five is a rookie at his hometown race. I'm talking about RJ Hampshire. This is a kind of a guy who I really did not expect this from. I know he's shown speed. I don't pay a huge amount of attention to the the amateur stuff just because there's so many dudes year after year after year. It's tough to keep track of them all, but holy jumping, this guy just twisted the throttle, gave himself Killed two it. great starts, uh, won himself it. a heat race, and uh, and he ended up fifth on the night. Uh, if, if I was a teacher, I'd be marking wow on his piece of paper for Daytona. Yeah, uh, whenever he whenever he checked out in that heat race and he won that, I was pretty pumped for the kid. Uh, kind of watching him going through amateurs. Uh, it's cool to see someone like that win their first heat race, especially at his hometown, Daytona. Uh Kid was ripping. I mean, his uh, fitness was on point. You know, he didn't he didn't do as well in the main event, but still, you know, uh, fifth place is still not bad at all. Top five, I believe, I said is his first top five of the season, so that's, that's really good for him. Totally agree. Um, in like for for the two for the two fifty main event, uh, and I think he benefited a little bit late in the race with having uh, guys like Kyle Peters and Jimmy Dakota's behind him, and those guys are great in their own right. Uh, I would yeah. still raise a few question marks in terms of their uh, um, their fitness. Like honestly, like Dakota's, he's he says he says he's in a better shape than he was few years ago or years back but uh like i i st- still hasn't proven it that he's he's really really strong at the end of a moto same thing yeah. with uh, kyle peters both of them have kind of been known to uh to not be the the hottest uh late late in moto so he he benefited from that but uh, take no- nothing away from him rj uh put the boots to him and um can take away from that as uh, your your first top five the hudson florida native yeah and then how about oldenburg out there Nice. Yeah, buddy. That was uh, that was good. And also a local, local uh, Texas kid. So, well, he's uh, kind of local to you and kind of local to me because he's <laughs> from Minnesota, brother. I remember yeah. that kid flying by me on a sixty-five when I was on a one twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kid is uh, something else, man. He's come a long way. Uh, his dad actually owns a truck out here, but yeah, they are from Minnesota, so I guess I'll let you claim them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that kid. Uh, he's been putting in a lot of hard work with Jimmy and. Uh, Everybody in Oklahoma and pump pump. Yes, sir. Uh, well, like I, I, in like you, I think we can both claim him because I, I think he spent just as much time down south in the winter time as he did up up, yeah. up north during the, we the can, summer. We can split him in half. And let's let's half split him right half. down the middle. That that freckle. Uh, and <laughs> a ninth place, hell of a ride for uh, for the Arma Energy Drink Racer, uh, the fifty two of Mitchell Oldenburg. Uh, getting back to Dakotas just for a short bit there, though. Uh, fifth place in Atlanta 2. Backs it up with a sixth. Pretty legit as far as his speed goes. Uh, like you said, fitness still yet to be seen, whether he can really drive it home and, and pick off some riders late in the moto, but uh, things are looking good for Jimmy D. Yeah, obviously he's a ripper, you know. He's, uh, he rides around Florida a whole bunch, and uh, I'm sure a lot of his family and friends are there watching him. And, uh, sure. Well, he he also dates a girl from Manitoba, so uh, oh, here we that go. Must be it. That must be Another, it. You claim it. You're gonna claim Dakota's too from us, dude. He he <laughs> rode my bike. He rode your bike. Yeah, he came up here two years ago for uh, like he was just seeing Jamie while he was uh, there's 
he wasn't racing any nationals. That's what it was. It was during the, the summer. So he came up for a week or whatever to do a riding school with one of the local pros. And uh, I ride a 252 stroke, which you can ride a 252 stroke in all of the uh, pro classes here because yeah. you can ride a 252 stroke in the 250 class and the 450, so uh, as well as the open class. So he needed a 252 stroke or a bike that he could ride in all the classes. So I was like, why don't you just rip mine? Because I do the announcing during the day uh, yeah. as well as like uh, I race 250B. So uh, I was like, like you set the bike up, take my bike for the weekend, um, give it back to me into the weekend, and the guy went six for six. Dang it, that's pretty decent. And yeah, I, I'll send you a picture. You got all, all, all kinds of upside down and sideways on that thing. I didn't think <laughs> that my bike could do that, but uh, he showed me otherwise. Sets his bike up funny, but uh, he is a pretty He's little a little, guy. little dude. Yeah. Yeah, he rolled the bars right into my lap, and I'm six foot <laughs> one, so uh, is less than ideal. <laughs> other 250 notables before we switch over to the uh, 450s uh and talk about a few of those 250 guys that are on the bubble to make the mains is uh vince freeze 13th place uh a guy that we were hoping or i guess they were he was hoping to be a, a top five guy throughout the series uh i think he's only hit the top five once or twice so far this year total uh and a 13th not characteristic of a speed whatsoever yeah uh yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not sure what to say about that one, but yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, Vince Freeze, like, he was, a, he's, he's uh, been battling some injury, I believe. Uh, I think he had a pretty good digger yeah. in Atlanta, too, and uh, just not just not on his game, a shitty night for uh, the 45 machine. Yeah. Let's talk about a few of these 250 guys that uh, are kind of, uh, as I say, on the bubble. Uh, your Nick Gaines, your uh, Daniel Herline, uh, Catanzaro, your Desiderios, your Ryan Zimmers, your Brady Kiesels, and Preston Malls. And before we get too far into that, how how close was Preston Malls 250 from blowing up? Because if that thing was pouring coolant for six laps or four laps or whatever it was, that thing must have been bone dry once it got back to the pit area. Yeah, uh, that was crazy what happened to Mo because he's had bike issues the last couple of weeks, I believe. And uh, actually, I heard about what happened, and I don't know if it involved that part as well. But I know in uh, the last race, he he somehow he kicked the oil cap off of his bike, and I guess oil started coming out of it, and that's how he uh, started having the bike issues. And I'm not sure about the coolant, but there was a ton of it coming out. <laughs> Oh wow, that's uh, that's over the top. If if that's the case, then uh, um, oil not as bad as coolant because if it's just kind of splashing out slowly, like it would yeah. it would actually like it would make more puffs of smoke versus how much it's actually coming out. Like it would even oh, yeah. look worse than it is. Uh, nevertheless, you don't want to ever be losing oil, but um, it actually that that makes sense as to why the bike was able to run as, as well for as long as it did. But, yeah. um, like, these guys at the back of the pack, like, I don't want to kind of discount their getting into the main, not getting in the main, but, like, they're kind of interchangeable. And I know Nick Gaines getting, he was, he qualified, I believe, seventh on the day or even maybe even a little better. Um, like, the guy's got to stay off the ground, but, like, your Daniel Hairlines and your Desiderios, like, you could, you could, you could flip-flop those and you get the exact same, uh, same result. Yeah, the, those guys are pretty much ride by each other every weekend and week out. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're all pretty close speed-wise. I mean, uh, I say Mole is probably one of the faster ones, as well as Kanzaro. They yes, just uh, keep getting stuck in traffic or just not good starts. And the just Cat has a podium. 
I had a podium, yeah, but uh, you know, <laughs> that, I, was, it was that was a few years ago already. Like but it, yeah, like uh, I was, I was hoping for Zimmer. I think he was in a transfer position for a short period of time. Zimmer but, is the uh, one that has that. Uh, Slater skin thing, right? The Slater skins on his bike, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, what's your take on that look? Uh, I was actually looking at it at the Arlington Supercross up close, and uh, it was it's different. You know, I could see some maybe some uh, some overheating issues possibly with that. They do have some like slips cut in the side of it, but I'm, I'm not sure. You know, it. I feel like it'd be more weird looking down at the front and seeing that huge number plate like connected to the hand guards. Yeah, it's still weird to me. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard with that lighting it. Yeah, I think it would be a little bit of an, an adjustment riding with that. Um, Heat-wise, I don't think it's too much of an issue for for uh, for Supercross. Outdoors, I'd be a little worried, although he did race the, I think it was Unadilla with it last year, and, and there wasn't any issues. But uh, um, the main thing I th- I'd see it for is if you had a huge sponsor that yeah. was looking to get some like a little bit bigger... Um, representation like where you could actually give them a logo that you can tell what's on the bike and like then then that's a great way to go uh, and also like him being the only one out there I think that um, Ralph has said Slater skins and Blue Buffalo more times than he said um any of the other like the the smaller market yeah. teams, like he, he hasn't said uh, Catanzaro is the the JMR racing or um, like say a guy like uh, like Antic that maybe like you know just Justin Starling like, he hasn't much, he hasn't yeah. listed any of those guys uh, but and he that, knows that's not a good thing though for uh, for Zimmer being and like being up in the battle in the LCQ being he's getting more TV time. All right. Now let's hit the commercials quickly on the uh, Big MX Radio podcast. Sound good? It sounds good. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl.
2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. And we're back. Hitting the 450s wide open just like Eli Tomac did that set of rollers. Before we get into the top five, let's talk about that slow motion replay of Eli Tomac doing his best impression of, I think he's doing a better impression of Travis Pastrana tapping that back wheel across the top. I can't even do that in Mad Skills. That, that was like straight up Mad Skills motocross right there. He was in it, holding it back. Oh, yeah. Almost looped out, like just pinned. Oh, the, the fourth one that he hits, I don't even think his knobbies fully touched that fourth <laughs> knob. They just kind of like, Dut. Yeah, he was just wheel tapping. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I like. I even think that's one of those where, like, when they see the video of themselves doing it, they're like, no. <laughs> that was probably the sickest part of the race, honestly. Yeah, well, with Dungey getting a great start and then see you later, um, and, and he kind of made, made yeah, no, there wasn't much to watch, but, uh, um, yeah, and the, the, the 450s actually settled themselves out a lot faster than the uh, the 250s did. So, uh, but uh, let's talk about the, the 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 points leader so far. He now leads the points by forty. Ryan Dungey, oh. and I won't use his nickname because I want them to stop it. The Dunge <laughs> is, uh, is 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 out front in charge and uh, looking strong on those W wheels. You know, I don't think I don't think diesels go that fast. I mean, no, they usually don't. It's just he needs a new nickname, like the Top Fuel Dragster or something. Something like that. <laughs> something maybe a little bit more just dependable than a top fuel dragster, but nevertheless, uh, something a little bit more uh, that plays to his steady Eddie style, but f still faster than anyone. Um, and uh, he proved it. Uh, Ryan Dungey was the class of the field. He has been. Uh, is that uh, that's two wins in a row now? Uh, four on the season, I believe. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, this might be his uh, his best season wins wise. Period. Yeah, I think this is uh, almost almost like he was in 2010 with Suzuki. He just kind of started picking them off and uh, just getting win after win after win. And he really hadn't had too much uh, trouble with anyone. I mean, Reed got a win a couple weeks ago, but, you know, Dungeon really wasn't there to battle him the whole time. So, you know, I think we're seeing a new Ryan Dungeon here, and uh, I'm pretty sure this championship's locked up at this point. I mean, he got a 40-point lead uh, on Canard, I believe, and... 
Khan's a good runner, but unless then she gets hurt or something, I don't think he's going to make that one up. No, and uh, like I, I think uh, double doesn't help that now you've got Ken Roxon who's receiving therapy yeah. on his uh, his ankle. It looks it looks to be a high ankle sprain, which is different from a low ankle sprain. It like it's different from your uh, your typical um, like a basketball sprain where you just roll your ankle and you can put weight on it right away. Uh, the most painful thing about a high ankle sprain is that when you put weight over top of the ankle. That's the one you get the most excruciating, the most, um, the, the kind of the, the bone jarring and like there's just a, the, the tendons are very weak yeah. up at the top. That's where there's a lot of leverage there. And, uh, that's what he's probably battling the most. Uh, I would, I would bet that he's doing zero riding during the week. Uh, he's in a walking boot most of the time. I saw he Instagrammed a picture of him with doing some therapy today. Uh, some, so to, to kind of, um, invoke some 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 recovery in there uh so he's out of the championship he, he barely had any results two weeks ago uh oakland happened now he's he's missed daytona altogether in all intents and purposes i think he needs to focus on doing the outdoor thing um so that leaves it up to tomac and 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 trey Kennard, and those two are just in a battle between themselves of who's going to be the top honda guy so um that kind of just leaves the the number five to just go out and play. Yeah, Tomac and Kennard, I think they're pretty good off the track. They fit together under the Honda rig. So, uh, right. you know, I, I think those yeah, guys are going to keep it guys, clean. Yeah. yeah, they're going to keep it pretty clean, you know. Uh, I think Tomac is also kind of saving himself for outdoors. Obviously, he's one of the best ones outdoors. So, uh, and he's not really, I mean, obviously, he's not going to win the championship this year. He's too far back, and he had that bad race early in the season. So, you know, uh, I see Tomac probably winning a race pretty soon again, and uh, that wouldn't surprise He's me at due. all. He is due for a championship, my friend. Yeah, uh, I, I like. I would really, uh, I would expect that for sure. Um, what What do you think about uh, his his ride ye- yesterday or uh, on Saturday rather? Like, um, other than the wheel tapping, uh, what impressed you about Eli Tomac? Uh, I mean, Tomac's a great outdoor rider. He's always been a great outdoor rider. Uh, and I think this track suits him just like it did in Muscan. And uh, he was just hitting all of his lines perfectly. And, and the track was really kind of, everybody was going towards the inside lines most of the time. And Tomac was hitting him so perfect. You know, he didn't really make any mistakes. Obviously, he was blitzing those rollers. Uh, he just he just rode flawlessly. So, Dungey's got four wins on the year. Do you know how many he had in uh, in his first year with uh, with the championship? I want to say it was five maybe he had six 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 wins and uh with seven rounds to go now that was round 10 there's seven rounds to go he only has to pick up another two or three wins to uh solidify this thing like like in, if 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 the math from 2010 works uh and then knowing then that he had to deal with uh ryan villapoto until uh i believe it was houston that he heard yeah himself? no it was houston yeah, that he Houston had that big crash, so really, um, he he can cruise this thing home. Um, rounding out your top five, though, or your top top three was Blake Baggett, and uh, I know you're a fan of the Pulp Mex show. They had a they had a thing going about uh, JT having to walk home, but this <laughs> race was excluded. Daytona was his top five, and even on Friday afternoon, I remarked to. 
uh, one of the guys over at Just One Helmets. You guys are going to be celebrating your first top three uh, in, a two, in a 450 Supercross because uh, Blake Baggett just uh, he goes like stink at uh, at Daytona, and the guy proved it with a third. Yeah, Blake's obviously won 250 class outdoor championships, and he's a great outdoor rider. And if there was a race he was going to podium this year, it was sure going to be Daytona because everybody knew that he was going to be fast out there, and he was. He got, he got kind of a mid-pack start, you know, and he, he worked his way through, and uh, he ended up getting third, and that's a great ride for him, and I think he's going to build off that for the rest of the season for sure, and obviously going into outdoors is going to be really strong. Oh, yeah, for, for, for sure, as, like, as far as his outdoor performances, I'm not super worried at all. He's so fit. He's 138 pounds. That's not even soaking wet. Um, and uh, he's just um, he he'll he'll be poised to do so do well. And I think him working with RJ has been a huge benefit. Um, just because he's given a lot of confidence. He can learn off of a guy who knows, and he knows that everything that RJ's telling him is uh, is the right stuff to hear. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, he's a, a little guy, kind of like Dakota, and I think that kind of. Actually, I was kind of worried about when he got on the 450 because he's such a little guy and the 450 is so powerful. I really didn't think he was going to have that 250 speed that he had there. But, you know, he's actually done pretty pretty darn well so far. Totally agree. Now, the the top four or top five is rounded out by Cole Seeley and Chad Reed, two of which have two E's in their names. And that's why I think they were top five. (laughs) Why do you think they were top five? Uh, Maybe because they're both pretty quick on two wheels possibly but, but the two E's you know that's, that's just probably got something to do with it uh uh, now, Cole Seeley, uh, I think this is one of his better performances of the year. Uh, I could look at the, the points quick and, and, and find that out. But uh, he uh, he goes ahead, and um, he's been super solid. Like, I think this is his, yeah, this, this is his third best performance. He's had another fourth two weekends ago in Atlanta, and it uh, looks like he got a, a third. Um, what? Is he a third? No, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, Sealy's another guy that, yeah, if he can get a good start, you know, I truly believe he could let him play with Dungey. He's got the skill, he's got the speed, he just needs to get off the line better. And uh, that's kind of been Reed's problem, too, is just getting off the line and getting out front early. Because it seems like if you're out front early and you can get a nice little gap going, then you pretty much have it. Yeah, like this, uh, both of them uh, is is something. Over. They've all they've both had the the fitness to be able to work yeah. through some riders late in the races. And uh, uh, one of the guys that I, I I actually I called it so well, it's not even funny. And I'll pat myself on the back because I deserve it. I was uh, texting with a buddy of mine uh, around lap ten. Uh, about Weston Pike and he's like wow Weston Pike's going to his first podium here and I was like you know what I have a feeling that he might put that Yamaha in reverse come lap 15 <laughs> and lap 13 he lost two positions lap 14 he lost another three and he ends up eighth so um, I think that's evidence of his uh, his ankle obviously still not yeah. at, at top uh, at where it needs to be uh, the MCL, not where it needs to be. Uh, regardless of where Weston Pike finishes, just be scared of the dude. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's one of the bigger dudes in the pits. He can try uh, knock down anyone out there. But you know, Weston's uh, had a breakout season. You know, he's uh, he's done really good coming from uh, coming from pretty much nothing. You know, just being on uh, the privateer journey team a couple years ago. Then yeah. you know, last year he did his own deal and he he did good enough to where he would get a factory ride for RCH for the outdoors. And then JGR for this year in Supercross, and I think he's proved himself pretty, uh, pretty good so far. 
No, I absolutely agree. Uh, he's kind of pulled himself up from nothing, and if anyone's strong enough to do that, it's Weston. I know when I first met the guy, it... Uh, the Las Vegas Supercross last May. The guy was standing in front of me just in his jersey and, and pants, and you could see how jacked he was yeah. through his jersey. Like His jersey was tight on him. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Usually guys will rock a double XL or an XL jersey, and they're 140 pounds, 150 yeah. pounds. This guy is... He says he's 195. He's probably closer to 200 pounds and thick. Like... Um, He's thicker than a bull oatmeal, and the guy's getting it done. Yeah, he, he's a huge dude. You know, obviously he trains hard and he works hard. Uh, yeah, him and Entecamp ride together quite a bit. Uh, yeah, with Wardy. Yeah, and uh, out at Milestone and stuff. So it's pretty cool that he still hangs out with those guys. And, you know, he always comes over to the fly rig for a practice journey and always hangs out over there and talks to everyone. And uh, he'll normally give Entecamp a little pep talk before the race, and I think that helps him out. And it helps, I'm sure it helps Pike out, you know, get back to where he, where he came from and uh, get back with the old family kind of atmosphere. Absolute. And uh, before we go too far, let's chat a little bit about Addy. I know that's uh, that's uh, our that's our most primal connection, the two of us. Uh, the guy has had some some. He's he's getting closer to being in that main event. Uh, how how long before you think we'll see uh, the seven double deuce uh, in the main event, styling and profiling <laughs> on that uh, cycle North Honda? Uh, you know, I, I see. I see Adam making a main event before the season's over for sure. Uh, it seems to me like it's not as much as his speed that he's having problems with. It's the start. You know, Adam's a big dude as well, uh, but there's really no reason why he shouldn't be up front on the start. Uh, just he just got to keep practicing, practicing, getting that done, and I think he'll be up there. Because I mean, he he runs with the guys. You know, he ends up getting caught back in some crap that happens uh, after the first turn. Maybe a crash or something in the LCQ, and that's. That always brings him down, but I think if he just gets off front, you know, uh, tags along Schmidt, I think he'll be right in the main with Nick, you know, because uh, Nick's been making him. You know, and I think Adam's just as fast as Nick is. There you go. Now, uh, I could definitely, like, within these last seven races, I'm predicting minimum two uh, two main events yeah. for uh, the seven double D. For sure. That needs to happen. Um, one of the guys that I've, I've been like, I wouldn't say surprised with because I didn't really have a preconceived notion as to where his fitness would be, but uh, it seems like Phil Nicoletti is feeling the effects of not racing full time. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like uh, his program helps him fitness wise to be ready on race day every single uh, like as soon as the season starts. I think he starts to kind of race himself into shape and that turns into a lot of great starts because we yeah. know the guy's a great starter. He's got the reaction time of, a, of a, a gunfighter, but he ends up, he'll be in fourth or fifth place and on lap 10. And then by lap 20, he's in 14th or 15th place and fantasy motocross fans are pulling their hair out. So <laughs> like it's, is, is, is it a fitness thing with, with, uh, with Nick? Yeah, uh, I mean, Nicoletti has always been a pretty good starter, you know. And I think you're right. It, I think it does hurt him not being able to ride the whole season. And uh, it's unfortunate that Barsha got hurt, but, you know, Phil got to race. And uh, I'm sure he was riding at the test track and stuff. But I'm sure he wasn't, you know, grinding every week, every week, uh, training and everything. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think he takes it that, that seriously. I don't think that he's fully invested yeah. game face on every single week leading up to... Anaheim won yeah, because, and, and, well, like yeah, said, of course, one a, of those guys could crash starter. out. He's a great yeah. starter, and he's got, obviously on a JGR bike, which is one of the fastest bikes out there. And, For sure. uh, 
it just seems like it fades a little bit once the race gets going. Totally. Now, did you uh, did you happen to see the both? Uh, actually, I guess they didn't show the broadcast of it, but they, they showed the helmet cam of Michael yeah. Lessie going ass over tea kettle uh, off of one of those kickers uh, heading back towards those uh, S corners that were basically just put in there to add time to the laps. Um, but uh, Michael Essie goes over the bars. Uh, I, I think he might have knocked himself out because he was laying there sleeping. Uh, scary crash for the 800. Yeah, Lessie's crash was pretty gnarly. Uh, they didn't really show it on TV, but uh, yeah, like you said, that the helmet cam was pretty uh, pretty gnarly. Couldn't really tell what happened. Yeah, but uh, it's I, kind of a weird weird deal. I love how I don't know what camera they used <laughs> for it, but whatever camera broke. It like came off and it was looking back at him afterwards, and I just I like I, I wouldn't want to I don't mean to laugh at the situation, but like of 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 all things to happen, like maybe like uh, it could be facing the ground, it could be facing the sky. Yeah. No, it's faced right back at the motionless body <laughs> yeah. of Michael Essie, um, much to the chagrin. Do you know what of, happened of, to him? him and his family. They didn't really say too much about it, other than he, just, he wasn't moving um, for a while. I think he's tweaked his knee. Uh, he has no ACL in the one knee, so I like. I'm sure every time he hits the ground, he's not happy about it. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I, from what I could tell, he was he was sleeping when when the the, the camera was on him. Yeah, so he was uh, he a little dirt nap there that, for sure. Yeah, it tells me a little bit of a concussion, uh, maybe some not remembering so much today. But uh, yeah, like like Tony said, uh, they'll be in Indy, so uh, we'll see. That's good. That's good for them. Uh, one of the Arma Energy athletes, uh, Jimmy Albertson. I know we talked about one of the Arma Energy athletes earlier with with Mitchell, but what Albertson was uh, getting his mean face on with uh, oh, with Chiz. Yeah. And the, the funny thing was with that is they eventually got another helmet cam shot of him getting <laughs> stuffed by Chiz later in that. They in picked that, the right uh, people for the helmet. Was a um, for sure, they picked the right yeah. people. Uh, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Those two guys. I'm pretty sure they're they're friends off the track, which is kind of surprising. I, yeah. I guess it happens, you know. But uh, I don't think Alberson really tried to retaliate on it too much. Uh, it was just kind of a racing accident, and it happened. And... Yeah, I think uh, Kyle's a tick faster than uh, Jimmy to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but I think what ended up happening was there was a, a, a bit of a stuff before uh, the camera was on them during that heat race. Yeah. And then Jimmy took a session to that, so then he took out Chiz altogether. And uh, I'm not sure if it was tongue caught in the chain or just riding like not so great, but Jimmy ended up getting caught by Chiz late in that moto. And, yeah, you saw on the helmet cam uh, coming into your kitchen <laughs> is uh, Kyle Chisholm, and uh, he means business. So he kind of uh, a quick little hit and gone uh, from Chiz. And I think uh, Albert's a little bit worse for wear, uh, but nevertheless got himself into the main event yeah. and uh, held himself a night as well. Yeah, that was good for Albertson. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really expect Alberson to come back and like you know try and take him out the next turn, because uh, man, Chips pretty much checked out right after that. He was gone. Put it, put some bike yeah. leaks in between him, so he didn't really leave him much room for retaliation there. No sir. Yeah. No. I think that was actually right before a, a jump. So I think uh, uh, Albertson probably had to, to roll that jump. But nevertheless, uh, entertaining racing. It was actually it was a very entertaining race uh, this this last weekend. Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was, it was a good race to watch. You know, bummer I couldn't make it out there. I actually planned to, but uh, 
had some things come up, so I couldn't go out there. But, uh, you know, it was like a pretty good race, you know. Well, right on. Well, I hope you're able to uh, make out to uh, one or two more before uh, the clock ticks down on the third period of this series. For sure, for sure. Hopefully make it out. I actually wasn't going to Vegas, too, but they ended up having that uh, Mayweather fight at the same same day as Supercross. So, like, plane tickets are, like, ridiculous getting out there. Oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the hotels are built and everything. Fair enough. I uh, that's uh, that, that was news to me. But yeah, of course that that fight trumps Supercross. Oh, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, most of the uh, regular acts in, uh, in <laughs> at the uh, um, on the strip uh, trump Supercross on a, on a weekly basis. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, Nevertheless, um, uh, before before we get into some predictions on uh, for for how things are going to go in Indy, uh, I understand you've got some news for me for the about the uh, the two forty three. Uh, two forty seven. Yeah, Teddy Park. Two forty seven. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be racing Indy on a two fifty. Uh, he's racing the lights class just for the the remainder of the season. And uh, you know, I'm looking for him to do pretty good. He's been training pretty hard here in Texas at his track, and uh, you know, he's been actually uh, Josh Hill's been over here riding with him as well. And uh, Teddy's been putting in some pretty hard work, and I'm looking for him to make the main event. Absolute. Uh, what happened to Hill this weekend? I didn't even see him in times or anything. Uh, he actually he broke a couple ribs, uh, collarbone, mm. and he had a, a deflated lung, collapsed lung. So, uh, you know, that's okay. a bummer for him. Yeah, I know he had to get surgery that day, so hopefully see him back in a few weeks, you know. No kidding. Uh, I'm off the ball with uh, with Josh Hill. That's uh, it's too bad. We're we're hoping to to get him on the the podcast uh, during the season. I guess we're gonna have to do a I'm injured and I want to talk about it. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was actually supposed to do a video with Hill uh, tomorrow. He was supposed to be riding at Teddy's house, and I was gonna go do a video with both of them. But you know that, that kind of fell through. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that w- won't be happening. Yeah. So, give me your give me your top uh, give me your podium for the two fifties in Indy this coming weekend, and why? Two fifty podiums. Uh, up top, I'm gonna go with Bogle. You know, I think it's Bogle's time to shine, and I think he needs to deep his strand here and uh, he'll take the W. And then a uh, second, I'll put Muscan, and and third, I'll put uh, put Martin in there. That top three is tough to argue with, um, and for 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 the reason only that the, those are the, that's like I said that that's the class of the field. Those are the three fastest guys, and they're the most consistent fastest guys. They have the speed. They're always up front. Um, they they put themselves in the position to be successful throughout the weekend. They they qualify up front. They start up front. Uh, in, the, in their respective heat races, uh, they come out and they just dominate. So uh, I agree with your uh, with your podium, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch out your I'm gonna jumble it up a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in the uh, in the boggle and, and bring it out with uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna say that um, the uh, Jeremy Martin is going to make a uh, is gonna bounce back for this weekend. Uh, I think he's going to grab himself a, sh- a whole shot, or at least a very good start right off the hop. Uh, Bogle uh, is going to be in second place. I believe that um, he's just steady Eddie right now. He's he's right in that second place position, and I think that's where he's going to stay. Um, I predict him being able to challenge Martin better than he could Marvin, but uh, um, 
For some reason, I, I think uh, the the would-be champ uh, is going to have a bit of an off uh, weekend in uh, in Indianapolis. I don't know if you remember from last yeah, year, Indy's soil was very uh, irregular, kind of uh, a lot of ruts and some kind of funny edges uh, developing throughout the track. I think that's going to that's going to lend itself better to Bogle and uh, and Martin, whereas. Um, Marvin being so precise all the time, having to be so precise to be fast, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think you're going to have to be able to just pin it through these rougher sections through Indy if the the track does develop that way. So that's where I've got my top three, my podium for the 250s. Uh, what say you for the 450s? 450s, you know, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Kennard on top of the box this weekend. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to pull one off. Uh, again, and then you know I'm gonna throw uh, Dungey in second, and I'm gonna throw Anderson in third. I think Anderson's. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he got a third at Anaheim one. We obviously know he can do it, and I see Anderson stepping his game up this weekend. You know, I'm sure he's frustrated with not getting podiums, where it's where he should be. Honestly, he's just one of the fastest guys out there. I think some of the guys that have been up top lately are gonna have a rough weekend, like you said, because of the soil and stuff out there is a little different. Yeah, like, uh, we'll see. I think uh, El Hombre himself uh, could have himself one heck of a weekend. I definitely put him in my top five. Uh, my top three, though, um, not I'm not too sure. I'm really not too sure. As far as um, where I think these guys are going to be, um, I, I, I look for a very strong race from Eli Tomac. I think he's going to take your victory in Indianapolis. I think he's going to have coming out with something to prove. Uh, and that's going to be followed by the number five of Ryan Dungey. Um, all things that have been shown me, there's no, there's no one else other than Tomac that's shown just pure speed to be able to get a start and see you later. Um, uh, Trey Kennard's starts have been way too irregular for me to say that he can consistently get up front and and walk away from uh, from Ryan. So I think Ryan Dungey takes the third spot, second spot, uh, and rounding up my pro- podium, Chad Reed. I think Chad Reed is going to have uh, a, a great weekend. He thrives in the irregular situations, the the irregular soils, and uh, he needs traction out there on his Pirellis to get the job done. So uh, that's where I'm calling my top three. What do you think? Yeah, uh, no, I agree with you on that. Uh, I'm just kind of uh, the reason why I put Anderson at third because I kind of expect Anderson to uh, step his game up this week. Uh, he, he's actually pretty okay. good on red tracks, I think, and I'm, I'm expecting this one to be a little rougher than normal. So. We'll see how it goes. You know, uh, I completely agree with your top three, for sure. All right. Well, uh, if uh, if for those who are listening disagree with what we've got, uh, we've said, hit us up on Twitter. You know, of course, mine is uh, Brad G M X ninety five on uh, Twitter, as well as and for yours, Shane is uh, mine is going to be S D X seven eleven seven eleven. That's S D X. SDX711. Uh, check check us out on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Otherwise, you can email me, bradgephard88 at, uh, at gmail.com. Tell me what you think of my podium. If you don't like it, then screw you. If you do, then uh, you're a fan of me. That's good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's shut this thing down. Uh, we, we've yammered enough about uh, Supercross. It was a great session of bench racing. Thank you so much, Shane. No and uh, I say goodnight for now. Yeah, no, thanks uh, for having me on. Just want to let everybody know to hit me up at Seven uh, Eleven Films on Instagram, S C V E N, and then One One Films. 
just hitting me up with a follow, man. Appreciate it. Check out some of the stuff I've been working on. No problem, brother. You have yourself a great evening. You too, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.